Tonight, it's the night of AEW Revolution, but which match are you most looking forward to? John Jones is the new UFC heavyweight champion, but was this match a given? John Cena is officially a mutant. Another potential suitor seems to bow out of the WWE buyer's market. Will Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns wrestle before Mania? Plus, special guest Brett the Hitman Hart shares some candid thoughts with us all on Sunday night's main event. We love professional wrestling. Acknowledge me. This is Sunday night's main event. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. On the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Because you love something fresh in you, don't you? We deserve better, people. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Do I have everybody's attention now? My God, what an impact. Hey, I'm Mike McGuire. Welcome to Canada's Wrestling Radio Show, Sunday night's main event powered by TotalSportCards.com, Canada's number one stop for all WWE, UFC, NHL, NBA, and NFL hobby boxes, TotalSportCards.com. This show, always here for you for free on TSN Radio across the iHeartRadio network and the News Talk Radio networks as well, through several affiliate stations and online at SNMERadio.com. Com. This show comes early to our Patreon subscribers, along with loads of daily Patreon podcasts. Works out to about five bucks a month. Patreon.com slash SNME Radio, weekly TV reviews, UFC, music, comedy, and a lot more. Again, Patreon.com slash SNME Radio. Well, each week, a payload of wrestling news stories and headlines fall from the sky and end up randomly landing across the forest of our social media feeds. Then, like a ferocious bear, we tear into these packages of information. The best of the best find themselves into our weekly recap, which we call The Five Count. You want to hear the breaking news? Well, one of the biggest potential buyers in the WWE market has seemingly bowed out. Endeavor Group Holdings, who paid $4 billion to buy the UFC in 2016, seem to be out of the bidding race for WWE. In a recent call, Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel had this to say. As it relates to the WWE, it's an unbelievable product. Vince is an unbelievable, created a great business. Uh, we've had a long-standing relationship with them uh, over two decades. Uh, we're doing, as I indicated, on-location business with them, Endeavor streaming business with them. His business is really valuable, but we're not going to do anything as it relates to kind of changing our leverage position right now. In short, it sounds like Endeavor has been working hard to lower their debt, so it doesn't seem like they're going to be in the running for the reported $9 billion price tag that Vince McMahon is looking for. After years of ups and downs and elevating himself to the heavyweight division of UFC, John Bones Jones is now UFC heavyweight champion. He's putting pride. Now, this match against Cyril Gaon was the result of Francis Ngannou leaving UFC after a contract dispute. Jones won the fight by submission in two minutes and four seconds. Stipe Miocic is next in line to take on the new UFC heavyweight champion. Well, you know, John Cena has impressed us all through the years with his strength and drawing power, but now the Doctor of Thugonomics is officially a mutant. Cena has been cast in the upcoming animated movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Cena will be voicing the rhinoceros-based henchman Rocksteady. Coincidentally enough, though, John Cena won't be the first former WWE champion to voice the Rocksteady character. In the 2016 live-action TMNT movie Out of the Shadows, Rocksteady was voiced 
by Seamus. Ever see a rhino? Sure! <laughs> I like it! The new movie will feature a lot of famous voices, including Paul Rudd, Jackie Chan, Post Malone, Seth Rogen, Ice Cube, Maya Rudolph, and many more. You can listen for John Cena in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem this October. Hey, speaking of Cena, don't forget about tomorrow night's Monday Night Raw. It's set to be a pretty stacked show. In addition to John Cena returning to his home barn in Boston, Logan Paul is set to be in attendance, and a new match has also been added. Sami Zayn will be taking on Jimmy Uso. This obviously furthers that storyline, but it's also expected that we will see the official challenge between Austin Theory and John Cena, as well as Seth Rollins and Logan Paul, all for WrestleMania. And AEW's Revolution pay-per-view is tonight. As of recording, there are eight main card matches and two pre-show matches scheduled. If you're a member of our Patreon, you got today's show early, so in just a bit, Dan the Mouth Lavransky and Joe Aguinaldo will be joining us to give us their picks for what the match of the night could be. Most interesting to a lot of fans will be the World Championship match where MJF defends his AEW Championship against Brian Danielson in a 60-minute Ironman match. It's Texas Death for Mox and Hangman and Samoa Joe We'll meet Wardlow with the TNT Championship on the line. Now, ratings for this past week's AEW Dynamite were actually down, but there is no clear indication of how that will affect pay-per-view buys for tonight. Now, naturally, we're going to dive deep into all these stories, plus a few others, as the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer joins us to talk about that and more. Plus, I can't believe I get to say this once again, but Brett the Hitman Hart's going to be joining us on the show with some really cool stories talking about some things that are happening for him around Calgary. And also, as it happened just as we were talking, he'll share some stories of his connection and his family's connection to Jerry Jarrett and his family. That and a lot more is on the way on tonight's edition of Sunday Night's Main Event. Chat wrestling all week long by joining the Sunday Night's Main Event group on Facebook. Just search SNME Radio. You're listening to Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio. TotalSportCards.com Canada's number one stop for WWE, AEW, UFC, NHL, NBA, and NFL hobby boxes. Total Sport Cards always delivers the most sought-after products with the best price points in the market that you can find. Keep your collection up to date with TotalSportCards.com. TotalSportCards.com, proud sponsor of Sunday night's main event. It's time! It's time! It's time for the Wrestling Observer Insider with Dave Meltzer on Sunday night's main event. Checking in as we do every week on... A big week in some ways, and kind of a slow-moving week in others. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It was an interesting night last night. I watched the John Jones fight. Mm-hmm. And we'll too. talk about that in just a second here. But first of all, uh, a story that came out earlier this week that I think is a lot of people interested to see what could happen next, if anything, is UFC's parent company, Endeavor, kind of coyly saying they're they're not really looking to pay Vince's price, if any price at all, for WWE. What do you make of the comments uh, made earlier this week about UFC or or Endeavor, I should say, not wanting to alter their leverage 
Yeah, I mean, I think it was real clear that uh, they are not interested in WWE because, I mean, they have five bill. They're five billion in debt right yeah. now, yeah. and they want to uh, close that. You know, they want to lower that debt, and they're using the UFC profits every year to lower the debt. And the last thing they want is, you know, if it's a nine million or an eight million dollar deal, you know, they have to go right back into debt to an astronomical level. And the interest rates are high, which is another reason why I think the sale price is going to be a lot more difficult for a lot. You know, I mean, unless it's it's got to be a giant company, because if it's a company that's going to you know borrow money to buy the interest rates being so high right now is going to scare people off. It's not the best time. I mean, Vince. Vince would have been a lot better off a year ago, I think, um, in in trying to sell than he is now. But, um, you know, and, and, and making it public. But then again, I mean, the, the key people still probably Saudi Arabia and, um, you know, they may be the only ones willing to pay that kind of a price. And so they may get it not by default. It may, you know, I mean, when this whole thing started, it may have just been what you have to do to sell it. But the, you know, the, the Saudi rumors and everything like that, and seemingly we don't hear anybody else you know, being that strong in it. I mean, mm-hmm. we haven't heard like this company or that company is really big. And like with the UFC sale, we did hear that. I mean, I heard, I heard different companies that were, that were going for it. Um, you know, and, and others we didn't, but, um, it, it does appear that they are the favorites at this point because Endeavor was a favorite and they had talked in the past, similar company. They have a connection with Vince. Ari used to Man. be Vince's manager and everything like that but it was just a case of their economics right now does not lend to that kind of a deal so comcast out seemingly we don't know that 100 yeah. but endeavor i would say 100 percent is out endeavor out saudis possibly i think they're in yeah and and who's left <laughs> uh disney but i don't know you know how this fits for disney yeah. um you know as far as other people um you know, yeah. I mean, Disney would be the Disney would be the other one. I don't see, I don't see Fox at this point. Um, there's so much uncertainty. I mean, I suppose it's possible that they would want it, but it's um, you know, Comcast is the because of the Peacock and 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 um, USA Network. I mean, they're the ones that make the most sense. But when they said that they weren't interested, it almost felt to me like, wow, it's going to be uh, it's going to be the Saudis, and when it all said and done, and and I. I would think that everyone would see them as the favorites right now. Either that or I guess no sale is still the other option. So No sale is an option. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just found that interesting because for Endeavor to flat out basically take themselves out of the running. I mean, that's that's another big player gone. So it, it does seem like this is going to be a, a hard sell after all. Okay. Let's talk about Endeavor's big cash cow here in the UFC. Big card last night. And John Bones Jones. Is he really the greatest of all time after last night, or was this fight kind of a, an easy, an easy setup here? It was not an easy setup, but he made it look easy. Okay. Um, the, the 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 thing is, is that stylistically, Gone did not have good takedown defense, and John is a great wrestler. John showed, you know, real good submission skill on the ground. Um, you can't deny that. Um, I mean, look, if you throw out the drug test stuff, John is the greatest fighter of all time. Um, you know, if you don't, then George St. Pierre is, and that's, those are your two guys. Uh, you know, John now has won titles in two weight classes, but he's been more dominant than George. I mean, nobody's beaten John, you know, I mean, people, you know, George did lose, you know, twice. Um, and you know, it was, it was an absolutely phenomenal performance. So devastating that you're looking and going kind of like at heavyweight, who's going to beat him. When I look at these guys, 
Um, you know, Francis Naganu would have a chance if he hit him, you know, because he's got that knockout power, but that fight looks like it's never going to happen. Dana White last night in the post-fight presser said that Francis Ngannou will never fight in the UFC again. Is that for real, you think, or is this just another Dana White never that really isn't never? It's never, never. You know what I mean? I've heard so many nevers. If right. Francis wants to come back, look, the, the, the fight with John Jones and Francis is one of the biggest fights they could make. Yeah. So if Francis wants to come back, he can come back. But I think Dana's playing the hard bargain publicly, you know, like uh, we're done with them and everything. But no, I mean, 100% done. No, you know, it's up to, you know, you know, Francis probably wants to make a big payday with, with Tyson Fury or something in boxing, and then he'll want to come back and, you know, UFC may drive a hard deal. They don't need him, but will they take him back? I think so for that fight. Talking to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Dave, last night, it was Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns in Toronto. Do we have any road matches, any house show matches of Cody and Roman touching before the match, you think? I don't think so. No, I don't think there'd be anything there. There could there be a tag match on television? Yeah, but I don't think so. I, I think that this one, I think this one's better served for them not to even do a tag match or anything and just to do promos. Because um, back so. in the day before cell phones, obviously, I mean, they would try out all the WrestleMania main events on the road before Mania actually happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you can't do that now. No. So you, you think they, they won't touch? Obviously, they're probably working together, training somewhere. That, that that could happen. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, presumably that'll happen. But I don't think um yeah, I, I don't see them uh doing anything on television as far as past, you know, the interview back and forth like they did on Friday. Um, and I don't see them at a house show doing a singles match, I would say no, no, absolutely not. Okay, fair enough. I was just curious because it does seem that they're keeping Sammy in that orbit around Roman for the time being and and Cody's Well Roman Roman's probably not gonna work another house show before um WrestleMania anyway. Yeah, that was probably the last one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Well, Revolution is tonight as we record this, since our Patreon members get it uh, early. Obviously, the show hasn't happened yet. So the biggest match in my mind is still the world title match because they're making it a 60-minute Ironman match. It's going to be a big deal. It's an MJF match, though. The question I have for you, do you think they would do anything to screw with a 60-minute Ironman match in AEW? No, I do not think they will do that. Um, no, no sneaky finishes, no BS pins. Oh, I no. mean, I mean, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll be, they'll be gimmick finishes and things like that and how they, you know, how they work it and all that. But I mean, as far as they, I, I, I would be, I would be very surprised if they don't go the full hour and, um, you know, I mean, that's just, uh, and then as far as like what they do, I mean, nobody expects Brian to win. Um, and, um, you know, that's. You know, I mean, that's that that may, you know, there's a, there's a lot can play out. An hour match is very, very difficult. Um, but but most of the time when you do Ironman matches, I mean, there's there's been only a few. But, you know, in, in history, um, as far as WWE's had eight, WCW never had any 60 Ironman match. They had 30s. Um, AW's had had 30s um, or the one Kenny Omega and Pac. Um, and um, I saw some as kid as a kid here because we used to have them here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're almost always great matches. So, uh, you know, at one thing I go like, oh, my God, you know, everyone's going to know, you know, until the last five minutes, it doesn't count. But historically, yeah, they've all been great matches. And, and you got Danielson, who's never done one. Um, but Danielson, you know, obviously one of the greatest wrestlers of this generation of all time, you know, when it comes to doing a match. And MJF is no slouch. You know, I mean, I think he's underrated because he talks so well. 
Um, but it's still a challenge. You know, I mean, it's definitely a challenge. So I guess the question there is, do you think this match goes first or last on the card? I think it goes last. Um, okay. I know Danielson wants it to go first. I know that's what I was going to bring up is that he had talked about how he likes the idea of starting early. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't think first is the worst idea. But um, if, if they had had like a super tag team title match, you know, like, uh, you know, Young Bucks against Kenny Omega and Adam Page or, you know, Young Bucks against like, you know, Claudio and Moxley or something like that you know um you know or or moxley and and hangman was a little bit bigger i i maybe could risk it or you had like an anarchy at the arena type of a match you know where you're just going to have like two factions and just do this great street fight at the end there you know you could do that but i don't feel that there's a number two match this is so much the number one match that i just feel it it actually it, it actually has to go last although it's going to be tough to follow hangman and um the uh, you know Following Hangman and um, and um, Moxley, um, you know, Moxley, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough because they're gonna have a bloodbath, and so they're probably gonna have a great match. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? How do you how do you go that high and that hard, and then bring it down for the rest of the card? I mean, that's that's gonna be a thing. These AEW pay per views always seem to be that, right? It's it's you'll have a couple like blow away standout matches, and then everything else tries to catch up, which isn't a bad thing, but sometimes it's more noticeable than others. It seems yeah. so like their track record on pay-per-view is really good. So, um, you know, I, I, I give them, you know, I always give them the benefit of the doubt until we start seeing if we, unless we start seeing pay-per-views that aren't good and we really haven't had those. I mean, we've had, you know, they've really had one of their, their real strengths is just great pay-per-view matches and great pay-per-view shows. Normally we don't talk about the ratings here that much, but since we have you here, Dave, want to talk about AEW's Dynamite ratings last week. Again, there seems to be a bit of a year-to-year decline overall. Yeah, uh, I think it was 11 weeks I saw you'd written. But the question is, do these ratings ever really show an impact on the pay-per-view buys? Or are there are a lot well, more fans these days that are just pay-per-view exclusive? There's a correlation, but, um, you know, like the, the uh, uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view. The ratings going into the Forbidden Door pay-per-view were not that good. And people were just going like, oh, you know, it's these Japanese guys, the heart, you know, nobody's going to care, you know, except for the hardcores. And it ended up doing very well. You know, 140,000 buys this day and age is good. Um, so I don't look at this and go, oh, my God. Now, I don't feel that they're as hot as they once were. So this pay-per-view number to me is very important. It's a, it's very important when everything's uh, this, this show is a real referendum on MJF. I mean. Can he work a great 60 minute match? Because if he doesn't, people are going to like, uh, you know, go like, ah, oh, he didn't do it. Um, if it, it, you know, can he draw on top um, in this situation as champion, as a heel? And, um, you know, we're going to get an answer this week on how well he can draw. Um, it's a tough match. It's not the strongest undercard, but it's a strong undercard. I mean, the ratings are down, you know, and, and on Friday, on Friday more than than uh, Wednesday, but they're down on Wednesday as well. And that's something WWE's ratings are up. And I think that there's a correlation. WWE's the hot product. AEW used to be, even though they were never beating WWE or rarely, AEW had a lot of hotness going for it and WWE didn't. And, you know, in the last couple of months, that's very much changed. I mean, you know, you just can't. You can't say enough about the bloodline angle. I mean, the bloodline angle was, you know, is is a freaking game changer. And these, you know, you're in a competition, even if you don't go head to head, when one is the hot product, the number no, being number two and not being hot 
it's a tough position to be in. They're doing fine, but they are not doing what they were doing a year ago. Not at all. Things they were doing a year ago was talking about CM Punk, and for a large part of the year, AEW has kind of been on uh, on a silence gag order sort of thing. But lately, there's been a few interview segments, a few different shows. Mark Henry with his spot on Busted Open. Uh, Kenny Omega even talking to Renee Paquette and others are talking more and more about the CM Punk situation. Does this mean in your eyes that this is more likely a return than ever for Punk? Or is this just something that people just feel like they can talk about now? Well, Omega said nothing, really. Um, and Mark said, you know, very little other than, you know, he would like him back. You know, there's people who want him back. There's people there who absolutely don't want him back because Tony doesn't talk about it at all. So I can't give any percentages or anything because, you know, Tony doesn't give any hints. I think that the lower the ratings are, the better the leverage is for Punk mm -hmm. and the ratings have fallen. So I well, think that in, in that in that sense, uh, the, the odds are greater without a doubt. His name isn't the he who shall not be mentioned anymore. Well, not on television. They don't mention it, but um, in interviews, when you're asked, you know, you got to give an answer and um you know, nobody wants to say anything bad because what if he comes in? You know, it's yeah. like that's the, and, and if he comes in with power, you don't want to be that guy who talked bad about him when he was gone, even if you don't like him. And if you do like him, you don't want to ostracize the locker room that does that doesn't like him in case he doesn't come back. So, I mean, some people, you know, Brody King said, you know, I want him back. Some people have said it. Um, yeah. The people who don't want him back aren't going to say it publicly. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's there's 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 people in both camps as time goes on the odds of him coming back increase. It's always going to be like that. As I said, from, from day one, time heals all wounds. And one of the hmm. things is, you know, the tricep injury was a blessing in disguise because it forced basically a period of six to eight months where they couldn't make a decision. And because of that, you know, if, um, you know, cause they may have done it earlier and, and, you know, if the ratings, you know, I mean, who knows, but the ratings did drop. And, hmm. and so that increases his chances, but, does Tony want to, you know, put that in the lot, put the guy in the locker room again right now? And I don't have a clue. I mean, Tony is, is, you know, he's poker face now. He doesn't say anything about anything. So who knows? We're talking to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Dave, as we head on the road to WrestleMania, man, I love that phrase. Uh, <laughs> we're starting to see a few more injuries pop up here and there. Ronda Rousey was set to appear on SmackDown. She came out in a makeshift sling. They were selling an arm injury here. What's the story on Ronda exactly? I know she's got an injury. Nobody's given me what the actual injury is. She is expected for WrestleMania to wrestle on the show. I mean, she's still scheduled. She was wrestling with it a week to, you know, when she was doing those matches. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's the basic situation with her. And Kofi Kingston now out. I mean, he didn't have anything lined up for Mania just yet, but uh, still, it's it's that time of year, I guess, where we got to start watching to see uh, who's going to make it and who won't. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens coming out. I hate to say it, but I mean, these AEW pay-per-views always tend to have a little bit of a laundry list after them as far as injuries go. So I, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what happens here. Uh, this Monday, Raw's in Boston. John Cena returns. Logan Paul is going to be there. We're going to see a lot of stuff happening. Do you think this is where we start seeing things get locked down, like kind of concrete for WrestleMania now? Yes. Um, I don't know if they'll announce both of those matches um, by the end of the show, but I think that it'll be very clear. Well, I mean, the, I, I do kind of think that the, the, the Rollins match will be announced this week. The Cena match, 
you know, it's not like Cena's got a lot of dates that he's going to work. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that one's also announced as well, because it's not like Cena's announced on a lot of these shows. So it's probably the right time to announce, you know, we're only a couple weeks away. So I, I, I mean, certainly but it will be obvious, you know, whatever the plans are for both matches by the end of the night. Um, and I would not be surprised if both matches are announced by the end of the show Monday night. Do you think Cena theory lasts more than five, 10 minutes? That's a really good question. Um, I'm talking about the match here at Mania, obviously. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, you know, because I know, right, he did like 30 seconds when he was in Tampa. I think so, yeah. Well, there you have it. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Uh, another big, beautiful newsletter this week. Uh, what are some things people could read about from uh, the past issue here? Yeah, we just, uh, you know, kind of talked about what AEW needs out of this show. And, um, you know, again, like, you know, talk more about Max and everything. We talked about Mania. We uh, covered Fantastica Mania, which is a New Japan CMLL. At WWE Sale, we talked a lot about that. And uh, Ring of Honor, you know, the relaunch of Ring of Honor this past week, you know, with, with actual TV tapings. And um, we got, you know, several weeks worth of that news in there and the paid Ring of Honor pay-per-view lineup and stuff. So, um, you know, that's uh, all the international news. CMLL getting hot. Uh, big match coming up there in just a couple weeks. That's they may have a they may sell out Arena Mexico for a hair match with uh Rocky Romero, Oraculo, and Angel De Oro and Fulador Jr. There's big stuff going all over the world. New Japan Cup just started anniversary show this week for New Japan. Yeah, I really want to get to an Arena Mexico show sometime. Those just I, I, I yeah, I kind of have um, that's been on my, on my bucket list for about 20 years, and I really wish I went this last year because it was such an incredible anniversary show. Like Arena Mexico is pretty much the last place that I've never been that I really want to go to see, you know, of, of you know, see wrestling in. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll book it together. We'll take a trip. We'll go on yeah. a little trip south of south of two borders for me and one for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Thank you, as always, sir. Next week, I'm sure we're talking all about the fallout from Revolution and, and who knows what else. You take care, Dave. Okay. Have a great week. Coming up next, Brett the Hitman Hart talks about his name going in the rafters of the Calgary Saddledome, plus some very candid stories from the Hitman next on Sunday night's main event. You're listening to Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. If you're a fan of Sunday night's main event, check out WrestlingObserver.com, a daily podcast, multiple podcasts per day, with hosts Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, and a number of others. You get a full library of podcasts dating back to 2005, over 9,000 shows, hundreds of back issues of Dave's Wrestling Observer newsletter dating back to 1991, and so much more. Don't miss out. Check it out today. WrestlingObserver.com. This is Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's Mike McGuire here. Okay, it's no secret, I'm a giant Bret Hart fan, have been for basically my entire life. So getting the chance over the past year or so to work with him and his family on Dungeon Wrestling has been incredible, but also seeing what he's been up to outside of wrestling is kind of interesting as well. You may have heard or seen a few weeks ago, Hitman's Bar opened in Calgary. It's really cool, it's, it's basically an all... Bret Hart and Hart family themed pub that you just go to maybe before or after an event or a game or something at the Saddle Dome. Great pictures, great memories all over the place. Uh, his title belts are there. 
One of his jackets are there. Like, it's it's really cool. But something else really cool going to be happening for Brett is this coming Saturday, the Calgary Hitmen, which he helped found once upon a time, will be raising his name into the rafters of the Calgary Saddle Dome. That is high praise for anyone, let alone Bret Hart. We talk about that and a lot more in this quick but candid conversation with Brett the Hitman Hart on Sunday night's main event. Hope you enjoy it. Brett, first of all, great to see you again. Uh, thank you for letting me hang out with you and your boys and, and Dungeon Wrestling tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a, been a fun night for everybody. It's great watching you watch wrestling. And I don't know if you appreciate how much us dorky fans love watching you just enjoy a match, but it's great. Yeah, you know, I did have some uh, good moments. I enjoyed it. Uh, some, some really good stuff there tonight. There's been a lot of Bret Hart going on in Calgary lately. I mean, you've always been Calgary's son, but let's just talk about the last couple weeks here. I'm watching social media, and out of nowhere, Hitman's Bar becomes a thing, and they, they moved your whole basement into the casino here. Well, you know, it's it all happened very quick, but, you know, uh, I got some good uh, partners, and it's I think it's going to be a fun experience. It's, I'm hearing a lot of... I know we got a really favorable uh, review on our food and stuff, and... You know, I love the decor inside in the sense that I really think that if you're a wrestling fan, there's a lot of different kinds of wrestling on the walls from, and memories from different time periods that, you know, you can reflect on. And I think it's somewhere to compare it to the Hard Rock Cafe, but it's kind of like the Hard Rock Cafe of... Uh, of for the the Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's terrible. I'm sorry, but... Um, <laughs> one of the posters that I love in there, and I remember seeing this years ago, was you in Japan, you know, Anoki's up top, and there's Bret Hart way in the middle there. And you look back at, at times like that, even when you were probably, like, giving the, the pictures over to be put into the bar, did it spark any memories for you? Oh, yeah, always. That's why I had them up in my basement. I always, They always brought back memories of tours and people that I was with. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that are on tours that, that are not with us anymore, like Dynamite Kid. Yeah, like the, I'm sure it's the same poster. Or he's on the poster. Or my brother Keith, or you know, just so many of the guys that we worked with in those days are not around anymore. And uh, you know, I when I put those posters up in my basement or pictures on my wall, they they they're all for the memories of that I've had and the great and the good memories. I unfortunately got to make a, a long journey through my life without a lot of the guys that started out with me, like uh, Davey Boy and Dynamite, Jim Neidhart, my brother Owen. You know, you could just go on, unfortunately, for about 20 minutes talking about one wrestler after another. <clears throat> but, you know, um, for me, I live every day and, and for those guys. You know, I, I try to make every day a, um, I make the use of every single day and, and just live my life to the fullest in tribute to the guys that are not with me to make the rest of the journey you know and uh so i take a lot of pride in uh the guys that that you know the wrestlers and the wrestling industry and the guys that worked with me and made me through my career but it's all very important to me i can tell you fans that listen to this show once the posts went out like people from the uk are like I am going to fly to Calgary and go check out this bar. They want to see like just some lineage of your history and everything. There's also a, a new connection that's going to be coming with you and the hockey team that bears your name in the Hitmen. This was another mind-blowingly cool thing they announced. Your name is going to be hung in the rafters of the Calgary Saddledome. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a big honor for me. I know they're hanging it in in relation to the what the service I guess I did as a Hitman owner and a Hitman. Uh, advocate since the get-go uh 
you know, it's a big honor for me. I appreciate that when you think of all the, you know, the great names that are already up there, like Lanny McDonald and, you know, Jerome Ginla. You know, you just there's a lot of history in this uh, in that building, and uh, it, it'll mean a lot to me to, to hang it up there. And uh, my association with the, the hockey team has always been really important to me. I, I'm still a hockey fan. You know, for, must, okay. must be a couple of wrestlers practicing. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, just make the best of it. Uh, one last thing here. It's just kind of dawned on me as we're talking here, and I, I don't mean to bring up more sad memories or anything, but we just lost Jerry Jarrett. Did you have any experience working with Jerry? <clears throat> just a little bit, and uh, always liked him. Always was a guy that was uh, an old veteran, kind of old time veteran wrestler like he had a lot of history in uh tennessee and that in that neck of the woods always respected uh, jeff is a near dear friend of mine and his family are very close with my family you know so it's 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 tragic news i just saw him not too long ago in uh, i think it was nashville and it's just unfortunate but you know he he lived his life the way he wanted and uh the last time I saw him, he looked like the happiest guy in the world. He was at a wrestling show, and he was playing a part, being Jerry Jarrett. And, you know, he just looked the happiest guy in the world. And to think now that, you know, he didn't have long left after that, all I know is he went out the way he wanted to. He seemed like the happiest guy in the world. And that's the only way you can look at it is that uh, he did it his way anyway. Wrap this up here, Brett. Um, we've talked about this a little bit off mic and everything but when your A&E special came out last year uh, it was a different side that we saw to you uh, I feel than what's been portrayed in a lot of things I mean there's a lot of things from oh god Montreal and, and everything else and rivalries through the years but getting to be with you now and like hanging out with your, your family here in this wrestling endeavor it seems to me like you're probably the happiest you've been in your life oh well I I've been happy a lot of times. I had a great career. I think back to some of my happiest memories were my hardest memories with Jim Nam and Neidhart when we were slogging it out. But, you know, I'm blessed with so many Jim Neidhart stories more than anyone else ever. And even my sister Ellie doesn't have as many Jim Neidhart stories as I do. And so I, I have a lot of great memories. I've had a great career. I think I've always been, a, contrary to what people might think, I've always been a pretty uh, satisfied and content person. Um... You know, I speak the truth. I think sometimes I get my, I get rile up people by being a little direct and outspoken. But uh, in the end, it's like, well, you know, just quite, just I tell the truth. So if you don't like the truth, then you probably don't like what I'm saying sometimes. But uh, I never lie. I never exaggerate. I just tell the truth. And uh, sometimes it's not necessary to always be so honest. But sometimes it's important to put things in the proper perspective and uh, wrestling's a very ill-defined business that people don't understand and people form opinions and people have you know they don't have always have the all the um, information and sometimes you have to speak up for yourself you know there's WWE for example is a big machine that promotes their side of things and like when the screw job happened you know I was just a wrestler that was suddenly out of business having to sort of tell his side of the story. But if you look back on it, I told my side of the story. You know, I've always been a guy that's, and my story's never changed. Like that's the thing about me is that I never, I tell the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts and that's unfortunate. Well, you know what, It's it's been 
great getting to know you on this level, working with you and your family again. I, I This is where it sounds like I'm going to butter you up to everybody else, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart, man. You've been very kind to me. You're one in a million, and I really appreciate you, sir. Well, thank you. I got to tell you right now, that whole compliment session there at the end, who am I kidding? It was edited down greatly, but I, I need to maintain some some of your respect. <laughs> ah, let's assume I had some. All right. Well, big thanks to Brett once again, and a couple of the guys I respect immensely are going to be joining us in just a few moments, as tonight it is the night of AEW's Revolution. They already gave you an entire rundown of the show on our SNME Radio Podcast Network, but Dan the Mouth Lavransky and Joe Aguinaldo, our All Elite Weekly hosts, are going to be here to give us what they think is going to be the match of the night tonight. What's your pick? We'll talk about that as well next on Sunday night's main event. You're listening to Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio. TotalSportCards.com, Canada's number one stop for WWE, AEW, UFC, NHL, NBA, and NFL hobby boxes. Total Sport Cards always delivers the most sought-after products with the best price points in the market that you can find. Keep your collection up to date with TotalSportCards.com. TotalSportCards.com, proud sponsor of Sunday night's main event. This is Sunday night's main event on TSN Radio. Mike McGuire here for the final segment. And joining me, Dan the Mouth Lebransky and Joe Aguinaldo. And uh, also a big thanks to Brett the Hitman Hart, who was in our last segment here. If you missed it, you can check it out at snmeradio.com in the podcast version, which you can get for free or extended version through Patreon. Fellas, nice to see you. Yeah, hey. you too. How's it going? Good. Happy Revolution Night. As this show airs, the show is already underway in, in most markets here. So full disclosure, we are, are not live for this part, but the show is happening. And I know you guys kind of went through your preview already on All Elite Weekly this past week for the show. But AEW's Revolution tonight uh, a ton of matches, as always, whether it's pre-show or actual card. So I wanted to ask you two, our AEW experts, which match you think is going to deliver the most out of tonight's pay-per-view? Any meanie, miny mouth, we'll start with you. Oh, okay. Well, uh, there's lots to choose from. I'll say that right off the bat there. Uh, there's several that you could go with, which makes it very hard to do. Um, there's a couple that I would say it'd be make it easy to do, but we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> honestly, the one that I want to, uh, I think is going to honestly for the, for the fan base, I, I think as well is really going to deliver is the John Moxley versus the hangman page, Texas death match. I just think those guys, the fans are so tuned into those two guys and I think they will rise above it. Plus when you have the, to compete with the Iron Man match, I think, you know, these guys, if they make it, cause this match, no doubt I would think would be before the Iron Man match on the show. So I'm guessing these guys could leave, you know, a heavy duty impression might even burn the crowd out when it comes to the Iron Man match. So I'm going with that one. All right, Texas death match in San Francisco for mouth. Let's go to Joe Aguinaldo now. Which match on AEW's Revolution is your pick to deliver for the night? Actually, I I do like Mox versus Hangman Page because I think that's the 
one of the best stories going in AEW uh, so far. But I'm going to go with Samoa Joe versus Wardlow, mainly because I think it's just going to be a slobber knocker. As JR says, it's going to be a hoss match. And I'm all for that. Wow. Neither yeah, no, one I, of you picking the title yeah. match. Sorry, go ahead, Muff. Yo, I was just going to say, you can't argue with that. I agree as well. If these two guys finally get some time to work something out and go at it, I think it could be an excellent match. The The interesting thing with the title match is that I guess the big question is like, and why I didn't pick it is like, I don't know if MJF can pull it off. I honestly don't know if he can, and I'm not sure what they're going to do to keep people captivated for 60 minutes. And the fact that it could get into perhaps shenanigans, chicanery, whatever. And that's not good either. The worst thing that could happen during this match, and you almost don't want to jinx it, is is exactly that. Some sort of outside interference because that just kind of ruins everything that is the Iron Man match, right? But I guess we'll see what happens there. Fellas, I'm going to go ahead and say my sleeper in this card. I'm looking very forward to seeing it. Presuming it goes well, Jericho and Starks. I have been waiting. You guys both know this. Every time we talk about AEW, I've been waiting for Ricky Starks to to start cresting yeah. over into the next threshold. And I think, yeah. you know, all, all kidding aside here, you know, sometimes it's easy to knock Jericho because of so many things that he's done. But at the same time, he can establish guys. He can do it. And hopefully that happens tonight with Ricky Starks. You know, we said the same thing on All Elite Weekly earlier this week, and and I, if I had to pick a third match, that would be the one, because I really like Ricky Starks as well. Let's switch things over to the SNME Radio family now. On our Facebook page, I asked the same question. Which match do you think is going to steal the show tonight? A lot of great answers here. Martin Rue says, it depends on your taste. For me, the only match I care about on this card is the Iron Man match, so I feel this will be my match of the night. Fraz is choosing the trio's title match with the Elite taking on the House of Black. Rob Kempton says it's a toss-up between Moxley and Hangman or the Iron Man match. Be interesting to see MJF keep things entertaining for an hour. But then on the flip side of things here, our buddy Matthew Smith says this is the first pay-per-view from AEW that he won't be ordering. So you know what, Mouth? We got a little bit extra time. I said I wasn't going to do it, but what's a match you're not looking forward to <laughs> on AEW Revolution tonight? Now, realize we have a little bit extra time, okay? Just a little bit. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I guess I really should be happy. Jade Cargill is not on the card, so I really should be quite happy. But it's more of um what they did in this final stage of this match. I thought the match was set up fine, and now it's turned into this like ridiculous gimmick for me, and it's taken all the steam out of the match and that's christian against jack perry and this now it's this final burial match and the way they just friggin <laughs> whipped this little thing this little vignette under the after christian cut this great promo yeah all of a sudden they cut to this goofy thing and it's jungle boy like uh, shoveling a grave i'm like what I'm i like, I I tried to get the hashtag Jungie Taker starting. Uh, <laughs> no, don't mix their names. Don't mix the names. Okay, I know I don't like that. Well, um, I don't I, know. I will, that I one, will that say one this to me. That's ruined. That whole thing did seem a little over the top and ridiculous. And then what made it worse was when Jack Perry posted a picture on his Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw this. But clearly the tombstone they used for that, they zoomed in real close on because he's actually sitting next to the tombstone of Christian Cage in this photo. And I swear, guys, it might be the size of a four liter milk jug. Yeah. Like, it is so small. 
Right. It is it's so like the, small. It's like the Stonehenge in Spinal Tap. Yeah, exactly. It's like they just dropped a model and said, "Yeah, look at this. It's gigantic." No, it's not. No, it's no, not. It's not. No, no, there you go. Not. It's all about. Yeah, angles. so I, I was I was really pumped for that uh, match. I really liked the promos from uh, Christian and and that little tiny thing. I, it wasn't even thirty seconds, and it just completely ruined it because there's nothing there. There's no connection to that. And I'm also worried that like Luchasaurus is going to like pop up out of the grave here or something at the end. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried about this one. Well, to be fair, I mean, it would, you know, you know, it'd be great is if towards the end of the match, a team of archaeologists came out and just started brushing away. Oh, <laughs> God. That's horrible. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> horrible. I hope, hope, Hopefully we're wrong about that. But well, it would give a, a job to uh, Joey Ryan's extras from All In, if you remember. Anyway, Ooh. all right, we're done. That's it, folks. We got to shut her down here. As you're uh, hopefully enjoying AEW's Revolution, these two fellas right here, by the way, on the SNME Radio Podcast Network, are going to have the official aftercast. You guys are going to walk through the entire card, and yep. uh, we'll see. And if- right after, right after the pay per view ends, Joe and I, no sleep till Hammersmith, man. We're going <laughs> right into it as soon as the pay per view ends. It doesn't matter if it's like dawn if i'm looking out the wind the front window and the sun's coming up we're gonna do it well it's an AEW pay-per-view it may very well That's be the I mean. case <laughs> i could be up for a long time and they're starting early in the western time zone so look yeah. out all right that shuts her down for another edition of sunday night's main event for joe aguinaldo for dan the mouth lebranski and again special thanks to brett the hitman hard if you missed any of that check it out now on the SNME Radio Podcast Network. Until next time, thank you for listening, and let us do what we do. Play safe, drive safe. Happy seeing ya, brother. Thanks for finding Sunday night's main event. To get the complete show, as well as bonus weekly podcasts, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash SNME radio.